the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab for Monday, May 15, 2006. Greetings, folks, from the state of disaster, New Hampshire. <laughs> I'm Dave Hamilton. I'm here with John Braun. This is Hi, the, everybody. Mac, the Mac Geek Gavin. What yeah, are you I'm talking? Got, state of disaster. I've got, I'm, I've got I'm, my tea, right? And I've got uh, beer for after the show and uh-huh. uh, some water. And, uh, and I've got water in a glass. And I've got two inches of water in the basement directly underneath me. So, Congratulations. Yeah. It well, could be a lot. You get for, you know, the, the, what's really weird is that I'm way closer to the coast than you are. Oh, I well, I guess that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. And we got but only, lucky. But only, actually, by, but only by a number of miles. I mean, <clears throat> we're not that far from the coast here. so. Yeah, but still, it was, it, it yeah. was funny. This weekend, I was like, you know, I'm going to, you know, I, I wanted to get the bike out. And so, you know, I went to the basement, got the bike, oiled it up and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not sure if I can go riding because I heard there was horrible rain. But for, for some bizarre reason, in this part of Connecticut, there was like this vortex of anti-rain. That's a good thing, man. And it's, it's, it's bad, it's bad news. The rest. Yeah, it's, it it's, seems to have hit. Hit the rest of the uh, the Northeast. Yeah, yeah, I heard a uh, state of emergency in uh, yeah. Hampshire. Uh, a lot of our uh, Maine, Mac friends Massachusetts. in Massachusetts, yeah. and uh, a little part of Maine. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you did pretty good. Yeah, we're a doing okay. In the basement. We've That's got good. yeah the basement of the office, which is empty, so it's not that big of a deal, and it it pretty much hits two inches, and then you know hits equilibrium, and that's that. So it's fine. Uh, the house just this evening, you know, after four days of rain, now we're starting to get a little water in the bottom floor of the mm. house, which stinks because it's finished with carpet and all that. So yeah, so although thing I came to visit when I did. Yeah, <laughs> what you don't I like hate mold? to wake up in a in a in a puddle. Hey, so you know we uh, we we talk yeah, a lot about let's get down to it. We talk a lot about troubleshooting here on this show, um, and part of what we do is simply giving answers. We hear people's questions, and and we we try our best to to give answers or at least solicit for those answers. The other thing we do, and and sometimes you hear this, is kind of talk through the troubleshooting method. You know, sometimes something will come up that we thought we'd researched, and and then we get off on a tangent, and we hit an area where we haven't necessarily researched for the show. So you hear us doing the research and we, we I think purpose- it's usually, you know, problem, yeah. Yeah. potential solution, right? Explore, right? Very methodical being an engineering type of guy. I'm, I'm totally into yeah. a very, you know, disciplined approach to identifying and solving problems as are you. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And, and so, and we leave that stuff in purposefully. Sure. We could hit pause, but, but there's actually a number of you that, that say that you appreciate hearing how we solve problems. Well, Tonight, we're going to kind of explore that a little bit differently, and I'm going to relate a story from this weekend. We're going to talk about what, uh, what I've decided to call troubleshooting prejudice, and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll simply tell the story, and, and we'll, we'll kind of get there. Tell me a story, Dave. Would you like me to tell you a story? Please. So, uh, it, 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 it's important to set this up the right way. Friday mm. night, uh, I got home actually very late from a gig and was just going through uh, Geek Gab listener email. And I got an email from David Reed, who was asking me, he knew I had a TiVo, and he was asking me if I was having problems playing songs or just connecting to TiVo desktop on the Mac. And he, mm-hmm. he, he told me what version of the software his TiVo was running. And I said, yeah, I think that's what I've got. I'm not having any problems. And he had linked me to a forum post over at TiVoCommunity.com, where a bunch of TiVo users and some support people actually uh, all sort of talk. 
They're he, awesome. Yeah, and he had those said, forums. I gotta say, uh, I am amazed. When I was there yes. last, there are some hardcore TiVo guys. I mean, the the yep. user community in TiVo is just awesome. Yeah, especially because the employees are as passionate about the product as as both you and I are. I think. Yeah. So he linked me to a post saying that, you know, other people were having this problem and it all started when they got upgraded to this particular version of the firmware. And I thought, oh, or software and whatever it is. And so I thought, well, huh, you know, not me. And you went on and answered 10 more emails and, and then went to bed. Well, Saturday, of course, it was raining here because that's what it does here now. And uh, we were sitting in the house playing some games with the kids. And I figured, oh, let me, you know, use the TiVo thing and we'll turn it on. And, and TiVo lets you listen to music, you know, stream it from your iTunes. And so I navigate through the iTunes library and on my MacBook Pro, and I get the song I want, and I hit play, and it starts to play, but or it starts, it goes to the screen as though it's going to play, and nothing happens. And I thought, oh no. And it's sitting at the zero mark, and I thought, oh man, this is exactly what I read about rats. And I thought, okay, well, maybe it can't see the Firewire drive. So I went over to the iMac here in the house and tried to play the same song streamed from the MacBook Pro to the iMac, you know, figuring if, if that can't play it, then I've got a problem on the MacBook Pro. Kind of trying to honor the whole troubleshooting process here. Didn't want to jump to any conclusions. And it played just fine. So I thought, okay, well, obviously the MacBook Pro can see it. And I actually even went to the MacBook Pro and played the same song. Yeah, it's there. Did a get info in iTunes. It told me, yep, it's on the right drive. It's looking in the right place. Okay. Huh. All right. Well, installed TiVo desktop on the iMac. Figure... Maybe there's a problem with the MacBook Pro before we get all up in arms that TiVo, you know, released some software that broke my my stuff. We'll try it on the iMac, right? Fair assumption. So install TiVo desktop on the iMac, fire it up. Okay, good to go. Go over to the TiVo, select a song, nothing. <sighs> Same thing. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so you re- reproduced it. I reproduced it consistently, different computer. So okay, exact- which is always a good thing right. when you're troubleshooting. Can you do it? repeatedly because we all hate those little random problems oh it just happened right it just happened happened again it never happened so that's excellent so you you nailed it down so i I nailed it down okay but you you got a piece to the puzzle i got it i'm sorry that's okay no this is good it keeps it it kind of gives me the sanity check here so i get on the phone with tivo support and tivo support i gotta say they're really good uh it's weird they they told me they they don't read the forum so i called them up and uh, and told them about this problem I was having and mentioned there were other people on the forums that were complaining of something similar. And that was when she said she didn't read the forums, but that was okay. Went through a couple of things. She had me reboot my TiVo, which I thought, okay, that's good. Had me reboot my Mac, which I had done on my own, but no problem. I'm happy mm-hmm. to, you know, I'm on the phone. They're, they're, they get to drive, right? So I'm just, I'm just there to kind of provide information and be their hands and eyes. And then we rebooted the, the wireless router because the TiVo connects wirelessly. And all, this brings up a, a phrase that I've heard before, but I'll mention it. Yeah. When in doubt, reboot. Yeah, there you go. When in it's doubt, reboot. It's scary how many problems, and it really bothers me that yeah. a reboot solves a lot of problems, which yeah. to me is is indication of a another problem. Yeah. So, you <laughs> know, go on. we went through the whole thing, went to the TiVo to see if we could listen to podcasts or whatever to get mm-hmm. it to stream something to it, and it worked fine thought okay and she's scratching her head and i'm scratching my head right along with her and so you rebooted all this uh, all this stuff so it worked no it didn't work it didn't solve anything i'm sorry no we we tried to play a podcast i'm sorry tivo yeah i I made an assumption that everyone knows how tivo works and of course not everyone does tivo in addition to playing music off of your mac can actually go out onto the web and download podcasts directly 
so okay. and so I navigated through and I found a podcast and, and started playing it and you know it worked just fine it, you know directly off the internet so obviously connectivity uh, to the outside world to everything was fine mm-hmm. so I thought okay uh, you know same thing I and then I thought well you know I've got the kids this Windows computer here let me install TiVo desktop on that and just see if it's maybe something with the Mac and so I did while I was on the phone with this woman I installed the TiVo desktop Went over to the the uh, the TiVo, went to play a song from the Windows machine, and lo and behold, it played. And I thought, huh, okay, this isn't making any sense to me. And so I went now, back to can try. You, can you review again? So yep. so you had the TiVo desktop software on the Windows machine. Yep. Now I had it on, installed on three computers: two Macs, one Intel Mac, okay. one G5 Mac, and then one Windows machine. And again, the 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 audio file you were trying to play was located where? Uh, well, I was trying to play three different audio files. One that was okay. on the uh, MacBook Pro, and I actually tried about fifteen different songs on the MacBook Pro before I even okay. moved to a second computer, just to confirm, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and a computer, you know, the song, one song on the MacBook Pro, one song on the the, I, the iMac, and one song on the the, the Windows machine. The Windows mm-hmm. machine was the only one that would play it. I start scratching my head, and. So, you know, I talked to the TiVo people and they said, okay, well, you, what you need to do is shut down everything in your whole network, all the routers, all the switches, everything, and then turn them all on simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And I said to the lady, I said, are you just, are we grasping here? I said, have we hit the end of your, your knowledge? And well, I was nice about it. Is you know, this the wing it part of the script? It, right, exactly. You know, and she said, well, there's some weird things that can happen. I said, I understand the way ARP caches work. And we're not going to talk about that now. I said, you know, and we've gone through enough to where I'm confident. Remember, it was seeing the Mac. It was navigating yeah. through the song library fine. It just, when it came time to actually play the song, nothing happened. And I said, well, I appreciate that. I said, you know, is there anyone else there? She says, no, I've, I've already talked to everybody else that's here. No one knows what's going on. I said, well. Hello, is there anybody else we can talk to? No, no, no. These people, it sound. I mean, I, well, I don't know where I was calling, but it, I think it was a call center in the U.S. So I'm sorry, Monty Python I, I, reference. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're in on the West Coast, the TiVo call center, just based on the way they post their hours on their, on their yep, website. Yep. So mm-hmm. anyway. So I got off the phone. I said, thank you. You know, I'll, I'll try and figure this out because this doesn't make sense. And oh, actually, before I got off the phone with her was when I figured out, I went to the iMac and remember on the MacBook Pro, which is where this started, mm-hmm. I start, I tried playing, you know, 10 or 15 different songs, all of which would play on the MacBook Pro, but wouldn't play on the TiVo. Mm-hmm. I went to the iMac, tried to play one song, same thing happened. And therein was the mistake that I made. You? Uh, yes. Because I just, I, I. I had, re- I had read the forum post that the guy had sent me the night before. I knew that there was this potential problem. All I did, I assumed what the problem would be. I confirmed it by testing one song from the iMac. As it turns out, that song, file, song. that song file happened to be missing from the iMac. Gave me the same symptom that I was getting on the MacBook Pro, but was mm-hmm. its own different problem tried a different song from the iMac and it played fine so at that point so this is a song problem now well it, it would no, activity problem it was a problem it, it wouldn't play any songs on the MacBook Pro it, it, even songs that were that were there right I mean it, oh. it, you know so there was a, a, a problem now with the MacBook Pro so we went from assuming that the problem was you know with TiVo in general to narrowing it all the way back down had I not gone into this with 
the assumption that, you know, the problem was this TiVo thing. And all I did was set out to prove that assumption before I picked up the phone to call tech support. Mm-hmm. Had I had I actually sat back and, and tested it, you know, with with a full complement of tests, I would have realized, no, it is a problem on the MacBook Pro. As it turns out, it was a really weird thing. And though I solved it, I'm not no one is actually sure why my solution worked. Uh, what I what I did was I found a forum post. I'll link to all this for for anyone who cares uh, about the, the specifics of this. Um, I found a way to turn on logging for TiVo, uh, the desktop, and I saw that it was actually looking in the wrong place on my MacBook Pro for the file. I don't know why the file's mm-hmm. always only been in one spot. Uh, it was looking somewhere else for it, and I got it to reset that. And we're not going to get into how I did that because it, it it's all detailed in this forum post. And frankly, no one believes that what I did actually made a difference. So, uh, including the TiVo engineers. So, it, it's 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 simply a lesson in uh, in in it, and and then of course the interesting thing was after all this, we get the kids to bed, and Lisa and I watched that movie Crash, which won all those awards this year. And of course, that movie was all about prejudice. And when I got up from from watching the movie, I thought, gosh, you know that that was kind of my problem earlier was that I had this assumption coming in that there was this problem with the TiVo software. Uh, installed on the TiVo, and as soon as I had a problem, I jumped to that conclusion, quickly proved it without really proving it, and then you know proceeded to waste an hour of my time and the tech support woman's time while uh, while while running around in circles proving nothing. So you should really call and apologize. Yeah, well, you know that's uh, that's <laughs> the way it goes. So this is uh, let this be a lesson to you and to but me. But a good approach is write down your assumptions, verify them, even. If you think, yeah, when I thought I had verified it, right? I mean, it, you know, it just so happened that I picked the wrong song on the iMac to verify with. So that's just the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. Hey, uh, you know, you were complaining about something last week, and uh, and we've got an answer for you, John. I complain about a lot of things. Yeah, I know. And why is this now? Now, of course, it's not streaming. Hi, so my hey. name is Castro. I love you guys' show. I listen to it every chance you guys put one out. Um, just wanted to call and let John know that he needs to go into his system preferences and under QuickTime, uncheck the box that says play movies automatically. That will get rid of his problem with the Apple website and the movies playing out of the blue. That way... So it's just a nice little picture. He can click on it if he actually wants to watch it for the millionth time. That's all I had to say. Keep up the good work. Love your show. Thank you. So there you go, John. That's the, uh, well, the answer you know, to your problems. And I, and I actually did get that tip, but I may be missing something. But it seems that if I click you know, on that, on that box, so it yeah. doesn't automatically, which to me, I'm, I'm still a, a bit annoyed about that. All right. Because my expectation is, and and the way I think let me, most let me websites back up. I go to. Let me back up. John's talking about the Apple uh, website, with the, which some of you may have seen. When you go to the Apple website, you get to see their commercial. It just starts right out of the gate, uh, whether you want it to or not. So, uh, yep. And I that, believe the default was. default behavior of the uh, of the uh, the plugin is to play things as soon as they load. That's right. Now, you know what? When I did turn that option off, though, I don't know. Maybe I got to double check my setup. But um, even though our, our uh, you know, listener said that you could click on it and it would play, I found that was not the case. So I must be missing something. Huh? Any thoughts? I mean, I saw the first frame of the movie appear in my browser, Safari. Okay. But 
no, you know, if I, well, I'll, I'll try it, but I, I didn't seem to be. So, anyways, we did, we it, did it, get a still, couple of we did get a couple other emails on the subject. I, it was the only audio comment we got, and of course, you know my uh, my my preference for playing audio comments over reading emails, especially after I've finished with a long diatribe about some troubleshooting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wackiness I've had. Uh, but but we did get some other emails that that had a couple of other suggestions uh, that we can certainly investigate. If if any of you know unequivocally, unequivocally, why am I having trouble talking? <laughs> it's silly Bill's palsy. Um, if any of you know without a doubt what it is, what it takes to solve this problem, let me know. Let John know, and uh, and we'll we'll pass that along back to you. So keep the feedback loop open. Yeah, so, it's still, to me, a, a design thing, though, is that you should never have a page, and, and it still irks me to no end, that there are other pages that have other audio-video plugins, and just, especially in a work environment, to have a page that just assumes that you want to hear or see, I mean, seeing is okay, but a page that assumes that you want to hear what it has to say yeah, without any sort of confirmation, to me, is just, I don't know, people may yell I, at me. I'm with to you. To me, it's bad design. I'm with you. You should Absolutely. have a little, and I've seen some pages that have annoying audio ads, or maybe not so annoying, depending on what you're into, and they have a little button saying, click here to turn on this sound. Right. To me, the assumption should be, you don't want to hear I'm with what you. it has to say. I'm and with you. you. Don't, uh, the video, all right, I'm with that, but the sounds, sounds, especially in a work environment, Yeah. I mean, you don't want all your coworkers ready to you know, throw you out the building because you're blasting. <laughs> I mean, they do that. They try <laughs> to do that every day, everywhere, anyway, right, John? No. Yeah, but even right now, I'm a, a, so I did turn off automatically play. I'm on the Apple page. I'm okay. looking at the commercial. I see the two guys sitting next to each other. I'm clicking on it. Nothing's happened. Oh, so, so it so it does it, unchecking that box does indeed disable the autoplay, but it doesn't offer yes. you any way to actually start it. And I'm I'm uh. kind of baffled here. I'm right clicking, and it says about plugin, save as source, save as QuickTime, but I don't see any way for me to actually play this movie now. Now that I see the first frame of it, so wow. Um, I'm kind of baffled because our our recent you know I mean this is uh, you know listener said you click on it and it plays. So I I don't, I don't know what's up with this. Now let, let me let me clarify something here. This is an Apple computer using Apple an Apple operating mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. using an Apple web browser. Connecting yes, to <clears throat> Apple's website, the Apple website, presumably running on <laughs> Apple hardware, though that's that's not been the case throughout their history. I think they're running on Xers now, but we'll take that out of it. Yeah. So it's running the Apple website, and you've done something that basically breaks it. Well, that's, I don't uh, know. I'm I'm expecting. I mean, yeah. you said you click on it and something happens. So, uh, hmm. I don't know. There's still no. fun commercials. It looks it looks Watch like them all. it looks like Apple's got some work to do over there. It's a good. It's a good thing they didn't just you know release the last update to the OS and close up shop. So we have an interesting question here from John, and I don't mean you. I mean a different John. Hi guys, uh, hey. John from Wisconsin, and uh, you guys do a really good job on the show here. Thank you. Got a question to ask. Um, OS ten when setting up for login items, and you can set up volumes and so on and so forth. What I'm curious about is how to auto-mount a volume. In other words, obviously you know it's a a little bit different than adding login items, but generally what I want to do is connect my Windows machine 2000 box. I know it's Windows, but you can't yell at me too much here. That's all right. Anyway, 
What I want to know is how to do an auto mount. What I want to achieve is um, not having to enter the username, password, the whole nine yards. Obviously, that's what the auto mount is for. Is there a way to do that? And what I can only do is use SMB. And I'm yeah. wondering uh, if I've got to install a client on the Windows 2000 machine for the Mac files, whatever the case is. Um, but I guess, you know, in a nutshell, what I want to what I want to know is how to add login items. Well, actually, auto mount uh, volumes. Uh, any help would be appreciated. And uh, guys, keep up the good work. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Well, since John answered the question, John asked the question rather. Should John answer it? Mm. <laughs> I mean, yes, of course. So, um, actually, we talked about this beforehand. So. And, you know, this is one thing where, I hate to say this, and we're going to get a lot of hate mail, but uh, Windows does a pretty good job of this when you yep. mount network drives, and you can say, reconnect at login. Yes. Uh, I got to say, you know, especially because the type of stuff I do involves network drives and source safe and clear case and all these uh, configuration management tools, it's very nice to mount a network volume. Um, now you hinted at this in uh you know in our our uh, background material here, Dave. But yep. I think you really you, you can't do it out of the gate with OS ten, and you really need something like Automator or Apple Script. And the the, the one thing I did find um, was that we do have a, a nice little set of uh, of pre done scripts in Applications, Apple Script, Apple Script Utility. Um, if you follow that path, and we'll, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll link to that. You, you, I think you skipped example scripts, right? Oh, no, oh, Apple, sorry, Apple that's, that's where I was going. Yeah. Okay, so applications, yeah. Apple Script, Apple Script Utility, yeah. and within that folder is a, I'm sorry, example scripts folder, mm -hmm. which just has a ton of things, so either Apple Script or Automator. So, so the bad news is you've got to do a little magic with either Automator, the newer automation utility, or Apple Script, the classic that has, you know, Kind of waxed and waned as far as uh, support or enthusiasm from Apple. I mean, I remember a couple of uh, you know Mac worlds where Steve was just all over Apple Script, like it was yep. the best thing ever, and it still is a, a very oh, yeah. nice scripting environment. As is Automator, though. You and I still have to do our homework, and uh, we'll do a show on that. We promise you. Yes. Someday. <laughs> so yeah, th I mean, um, the, the Apple Script is fairly easy. Um, the the way it works is you you. Tell application finder, right? And then you say open location, and then within quotes, you you put the the URL essentially to your uh, to your SharePoint, whatever that is. And mm. the the URL would be preceded with just a yep would be preceded with either FTP, right? Well, in his case, it's SMB or SMB, right? Right. SMB, which is uh oh gosh, what does that stand for? But it's the Windows thing. Yeah. Uh, but it would uh, be something SM message block. It, but it, it's it's the protocol that Windows uses. So SMB colon slash slash, and then username colon password at server name, and then slash path to your you know your your volume. So if if you were looking for a share on a computer called Windows, it would be SMB colon slash slash user colon password at Windows slash. What did I say? Whatever I said, it was the thing so you can and actually i think that's and the then end, for, end tell um, end tell to, to finish your apple script however mm -hmm. there's another there, there's sharepoints isn't there and then that that software called sharepoints 
uh, it, it's a piece of piece of shareware that allows you to create different SharePoints uh, on your on your Mac, and they also have SharePoints Auto Mounter that mm-hmm. auto mounts uh, different SharePoints from anything in the slash network directory, which is where this oh look at this, this Hornware SharePoints. Okay, we're going to link to these guys. Yep. Look at that. So I think you know you can certainly do it with an Apple script, and then and then of course just place the Apple script in your login items folder. Uh, SharePoint's auto mounter I think will will make this process a little bit easier, and uh, and there you go. What do you think, John? You like it? I like it. Okay, there you go. What's next? What do we got? Uh, Randall actually had an email here and told us Randall, not Randall. Randall? Okay. Randall, yeah. Uh, it, it, last week we were talking a little bit about uh, not being able to use Carbon Copy Cloner to clone a drive from uh, within a non-admin-enabled account. And Randall indicates that Super Duper, he, talked, he actually uh, communicated with the developers over there who sent him a, a response that said, oh yeah, Super Duper will definitely do it as long as it's authenticated with an admin account. So let's say I have an account on my Mac called uh, Super Dave, and then I have an account which, and of course Super Dave is the admin account, and then I simply have plain old Dave, which is the regular account. If I'm logged in as plain old Dave, and I run Super Duper, when it asks me to authenticate, I can't just type my password for plain old Dave. I need to replace the username with Super Dave, and then my Super Dave password, and that will do it. And, you know, frankly, that might work with Carbon Copy Cloner as well. I, I haven't tested it, but there's no reason to think that it might not. So that's... Uh, oh, I haven't heard of this. And I'm on their page. Now it looks pretty snazzy. Mm-hmm. It sounds almost like Carbon Copy Cloner, but it, it looks a little nicer. So hey. we, we're, we're going to have to try this. There you go. You'll, John will try it oh. out. He'll he'll blow away his computer and uh, no no never mind. And then we'll see if it brings all the I mean, data. You back. don't hear from me next week. You'll... <laughs> Just Dave no. here. But that's a uh, oh that's great. I think oh, so. It's good. There's a another option because yep. having a fully bootable backup is a beautiful thing. Oh absolutely think? yeah that's that's uh, absolutely key. Unlike some other platforms where it's really hard to do that. It's so hard to do that. So mm-hmm. hard on Windows. It gets all cranky about the hardware and the... You know, I even noticed that when trying to boot a uh, backup made from one type of Mac on another, like, you know, off of a portable that has wireless onto a desktop machine that doesn't, it's just like, eh, okay. It'll yep. show a, you know, little X through the icon for the wireless. It's like, right. okay, I don't have that. Fine. Let's yep. let's move on. Move on. Or you could violently crash on a blue screen. That's right. Yeah, which would you like? Of course, it should be noted that you cannot, there is no way from Apple currently to create a disk that will boot both a PowerPC and an Intel Mac. So bear that in mind for your your troubleshooting days. Uh, You need disks that will do both if you're going out there in the field and and, and trying to fix all this stuff. So. Uh, we'll take one more new question, and then we'll kind of move on to, to some existing things, shall we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how are you guys doing? My name is Sean. I'm calling from Los Angeles. Great show. I really enjoy it. I find it to be very educational, which is important. I love Macs. And I have a question for you guys. It's probably pretty simple for you, but I think it's a very important question, so hopefully you'll play it for other listeners who have the same concern. My, my question is about what I think of as the perpetuation of my iTunes library. 
Now, of course, we all know that as we buy our new Macs, we can simply take the uh, a FireWire cable and transfer all of our files from the old to the new one. That's simple, but that's not really a perfect solution. My question is, what if something were to happen whereby I was not able to do that? You know, anything can happen. Sure. And in which case, I would want to be able to take out my hard drive. In this case, my iTunes media is all on a second internal hard drive. What if I wanted to be able to simply take that drive out and put it in the new Mac? If I were to do that, I've simply got media, but there has to be some method by which I can link that media, those songs, to the iTunes library. So if you guys have any answers for that, please, I would appreciate that. Thank you very much. Looking forward to the next podcast. Take care. Yeah, I, I, I know the answer here, John. You you want to you wanna take this one? or you... No. No, all right. Because uh, well, my, my thing has been, you know, when I move between machines is to... Uh, it just works. Toss them on the drive. Yeah. Drag them over into iTunes. It'll ask for the authorization. Right. I've I've done probably kind of a caveman, but somewhat intuitive approach, which is I'm on a new machine. I'm going to drag all the stuff over. If it's a protected AAC file, it's going to do the annoying. You Authenticate. Know, please authorize this machine. Add it to your list of authorized machines. Which we could talk about this later, but you are limited in the yeah. number of authorized machines, which can be a pain when you hit that limit. I think it's five right five. now. Yeah. Um, but other, otherwise, that that has been my rather caveman, simple, intuitive approach. But I, I, I I'd love to hear your well, suggestion. You you can do that, right? Uh, you can if you mount the second drive on your new Mac, whatever it is. If it's a portable, you know, you put it in a FireWire case and and mount it that way, or USB case, whatever. Uh, you can simply you can do John's caveman approach where you drag all the things in. You can also go to the file menu in you know open up iTunes on the new computer. Go to the file menu, choose import, and uh, it will, I believe, well, I guess at that point, it'll, it'll only let you import certain, uh, no, I'm sorry, not import, and I always screw this up. I always do. Yeah. File, add to library, uh, mm-hmm. and then that will let you select either a disk or a folder, so go select the folder that has all your iTunes music, hit choose, and then it will go through and add everything into your to your iTunes. Before you do that... You'll want to go to iTunes preferences and go to the advanced section. And in general, there is a checkbox that says copy files to iTunes music folder when adding to library. If you want it to copy them from this external drive onto your iTunes music folder, wherever that is, make sure this is checked. If you want it to just leave them on the drive, but but index them for use in iTunes, you can do that. Uh, that's, that's basically the, uh, the, the answer here. Um, that's how, that's how I do it. Uh, if you simply want exactly the same library that you had on the old computer, one, one thing that you can do is if you go into the music, into your home directory, into the music folder, there are, well, there might be a couple of files in there, but there's two that you're going to want called one, one's called iTunes library. And then the other is called iTunes Music Library.xml. If you copy these to their complementary location on your new Mac, uh, if you can get those files, that is. I mean, if that drive died, obviously you can't. But if you can get those files and copy them there without iTunes running and then launch iTunes, if it's the same version of iTunes or a newer version, it'll take that file and unless something goes wrong, uh, you'll have all your playlists and, and everything simply preserved right there, good to go. Um, that's... That's that's how I do it. So those those are those are my two options. What do you think, John? No, I think you're right. 
I think I am. So uh, we were talking about converting files recently, and uh, Reverend Marks sent in an audio comment. Uh, Reverend? With, yeah, with an, oh. with an interesting... Are we in trouble? You know, I don't know if he's a reverend or if simply his first name is reverend. I've actually heard of, uh, heard of that. So okay. I, I don't know. Um, uh, but, but it doesn't matter. His solution is, is a, it's a decent one. We've had other people email this in. It's, it's, uh, well, we'll let him. We'll, we'll talk about it when he's done. Hey, John Dave. This is Reverend Mark. I have a, a, a couple of uh, points about uh, the teacher getting documents from his students. Um, first of all, first of all, if they are on Macintoshes, they're not. They can just go uh, like they're going to print their document, and down in the lower left-hand corner, just select uh, you know outputting uh, it to a PDF file and emailing the PDF. Um, also, if they but if they're on a Windows platform, they can uh, download a free printer driver from Qt. Uh, it's called uh, I'm sorry, from Coffee Cup. It's called Qt PDF. It's a print driver that that uses um, PDF Writer, and you print to it just like on the Mac, and it creates a PDF. The reason I'm suggesting this is that mm-hmm. there there can be an issue of a student accusing the teacher of. Uh, screwing around with his document because once he opens up that word document, if the fonts aren't there, or if there are, if the, um, you know, if, if the, if something other issues there. Some, sometimes it involves print drivers. Things can reflow, uh, and different uh, issues along those lines. Whereas if he's using the PDF, at least things won't move around or accidentally disappear out of the document. Uh, and that's my little uh, little tip on uh, on helping out that teacher with their document. Again, the, the, the software is cute PDF uh, for Windows. It's a free little application. Actually, it's not really an application. It's a, uh, a printer driver that generates PDF documents. And, of course, the standard uh, you know, print to a PDF in the print dialog box on Mac OS X. Thank you. Bye-bye. Excellent. So there you go. And that's an interesting thing that he, uh, that he mentioned where – you know, it, the students may accuse a teacher of actually changing the document. I mean, that's... I, I would. <laughs> yeah, you've... <laughs> you ruined me, man. Yeah. Well, I, I'm uh, sure it's happened. I, I'm sure it has. It's, yeah. Uh, now, I do believe, though, in Windows, you can also spit things out in PostScript. Yeah. Which, well... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Well, no, you got a .ps file. Okay? Yeah, but you still but need the fonts, right? Uh, yes, you do. PostScript relies on it can rely on PostScript fonts. Yes, it could. So, yeah. assuming that the fonts are common, there is a nice mm. little uh, thing, and we'll link to it called GhostScript. You may have used this too, yep. Dave, which is yep. a nice little PostScript uh, interpreter or renderer or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Basically, it eats a it it inputs a PostScript file and it spits it out, and it it you know. Assuming you have the fonts and the other goodies. Now, I do believe, though, there is a way to embed fonts in a PostScript file that makes it monstrous. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so go- and, you know, the other thing I've noticed is that, that the Mac OS tends to be a little nicer when you have, like, .ps or .eps, EPS which is encapsulated PostScript, which is, a, I guess, a special version of it. Is it the, the Mac OS seems to be a little nicer in trying to figure out the right thing to do with those sort of files. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, I think so. I guess the bottom line is you buy yourself uh, Adobe Acrobat or the the full version, and then you're you're pretty much the uh, 
the uh, PostScript Master. Um, yeah, that's that's not cheap though. So yeah, he's, yeah, he's it's a couple hundred bucks I think, and you got to use Distiller, the uh, Adobe yeah. Distiller. So so that thing, yeah. So you can spit out a PostScript file for free, but trying to get it to do anything useful on most platforms is a is a little pain in the neck. Yes. So, good advice. Yeah. We were talking to Iggy. Uh, Iggy emailed in last week asking about how to remove all those apps, the, the multiple instances of apps yeah. from his. And we thought we had rhythm. a brilliant solution. Well, you did. And um, I thought I had a brilliant solution, <laughs> and it, I I still think it was rather brilliant. Yeah, except it didn't solve his problem. But but any but but beyond that, man, it was freaking great. Uh, and it was to use it. It's a nice pref pane, man. Yeah, RC default app, but. Uh, Iggy writes, thanks for answering my question. I'm afraid it didn't seem to solve my issue, although it is a good-looking app. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I seem to have fixed it myself, something I could have done all along had I thought about it. I ran one of my favorite apps, Cocktail, which I haven't used in a while and forgot quite how powerful it was. However, I did rebuild the following. Launch services DB, and then he updated the what is DB, and he updated the locate DB. Restarted the finder, and boom, nice and tidy app version numbers are gone, and it's good to go. He he assumes that it was the rebuild of the launch services DB, and mm. I think he is exactly right. So yes, uh, and Cocktail makes it very easy to to do that. It's available at macOS ten macOSxcocktail dot com, and uh, it's one of yeah. my favorite apps too. So sometimes but, uh, those little secret DB or database files. I'm going to guess that's what that's for, yeah. which kind of hide the complexity of all the stuff, the wonderful things you see on your desktop. Sometimes those files get kind of messed up. So Cocktail is is one of the uh, many utilities that lets you uh, kind of poke around, not to do too much damage, but yeah, rebuilding those files is a is a, a good thing. At least I think in this so. case, I think so. So that's good that um, I, I'm sure with expert guidance from us, uh, Iggy was able to move in the wow. right direction. To... <laughs> Sounds like you... Uh... Brian. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. We'll see if he writes back. <laughs> we'll see if he writes back. No, uh, yeah, no, he, you did a, a fine job there, Iggy, and uh, thank you for, <laughs> for following up with us and letting us know uh, exactly how it worked out. Ooh, you looked the band in. I did, of course. Right. Of course I did. They were getting wet out there. Yeah, man. It, I think it started There's raining some... again. It wasn't supposed to rain anymore tonight, or at least it wasn't supposed to rain a whole lot. And then the heavens <laughs> opened up again. I'm just hoping my house, my basement isn't full of water because that's not really a basement. It's called a playroom. And uh-huh. was I don't want to have to wake up in the morning and file a claim with my insurance company. I'd rather come over here and type up the show notes for all of you guys. So, you know, let's uh, hope for a little good karma and... A lot. I'll 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 live with the water in the basement of my office, but please don't send me more water for my house. Yeah. Uh, although one place you could go that would get away from all the water here in the Northeast is out to Ontario, California in September to go to Portable Media Expo, right? Podcast. Yeah. Expo. Oh, I'm looking right here. Oh, you have heavy rain. Good for you. Thanks. I appreciate that, John. Man, look at that. You're getting creamed. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> It's been raining for four days, and it looks like we're going to go on to five oh, and maybe man. six. Well, four leads to 40, and... Uh, oh, time to build the sign. arc. All right, uh, here we go. What else? Here do we go. What do we do? Uh, uh, Cashfly hosting, of course, is where you've downloaded this show. And yeah. you can advertise here by going to the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. Make sure... I didn't say it all night. Make sure you send your comments in to, uh, to MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. That's for text and or audio. You can Skype them into Mac Geek Gab. 
Uh, that's just audio. And then, of course, you can call. And I guess Please you could call. fax. You could fax into this number too if you're really. I think How? so. I think you can. I don't have it announced that you can fax, but I think if you if you call this number with yeah. a fax, it'll do it. So it's two zero six. Yeah, go ahead. Six six six. Geek, which is four three three five. So two zero six 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 four three three five. We've got more Gmail invites. They're not replenishing, oh, yeah. but uh, at least yeah, they're not I at this that. level. Mine are down to like in the nineties now. Oh, gee, I'm in the sixties. So there you go. Wow. Use them while you got them, folks. Yeah. Um, we want to know what you think. Podcast Alley is great for that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can post p- p- comments publicly there. You can post reviews publicly at uh, iTunes, and uh, and we like all of that stuff. But for now, I'm going to go and bail water or weep or something. Make the kids earn their earn their pay. <laughs> they can get a bucket, right? Remember to stay subscribed, folks. Thank you very kindly for listening. Thanks for being a part of this. And we'll see you on the art. <laughs> Don't get caught.